Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we thank you for joining us today as we study the Word of God. I'll give you two ways to reach us. First, at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. That's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Let's get and continue on in the uh, subject that we were talking about uh, over the last couple of weeks. And it's about um, winning in life. And today we're talking more about possessing your possessions. And when I talk about winning, I mean that we as believers are winners already. When you, when wherever you were, where you're in your car, you're in the church, or you're in your home, in the tub, wherever you received Christ, that was the day that you were beginning to win. Your winning way started that day. And I believe as believers, we have to take possession of what God has already provided for us. Meaning, if it's in the scripture and it's in uh, grace, and we are living in a time of grace, and grace is God's unmerited favor, just a simple definition, his unmerited favor, meaning you didn't, we, didn't, we didn't win it, we didn't earn it, you can't buy it, you can't work for it. It's the love that God had for us and he shed and, he, and gave through us through his son. So we're just going to start out in a uh, different verse today. When I talk about uh, winning in life, I'm going to read this book. Read this. Uh, this. Uh, this is Saint John 14, chapter one. I'm sorry, Saint John chapter 14, verse one. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if you're thinking about winning in life, and I'm talking about this present life, um, somebody will say, well, what an odd, why are you reading about, telling us about a place or a mansion that's going to be in our next life? And I've been thinking about this and thought about this over, uh, I guess, the last few years or months or however long it's been, that if I'm willing to trust Jesus with my eternity, why wouldn't I trust him with my health, with my wealth, with my relationships? and any relationship that I have on this earth. Just think about that. Because when we choose Christ as Lord, as Savior, when we receive him as Lord and as Savior, and we begin to invest. And when you take time to read your Bible, attend worship service, um, whatever the things that we, we do is, uh, you know, when you're singing and you're reading and your meditation, all those things that we do are investments. Because time is the most precious thing in this commodity that we have in this life. It's not money. It's not your wife or your husband. And yes, they are, they are uh, are valuable to us. And and, and if you're in a blessed relationship, um, they bring value to you and you bring value to them and they invest in you and you invest in them. But the most important investment you could ever give your spouse or your child or people in your life is time because you, we spend time, but you cannot get it back. And all of us have a finite time on this planet. Yes, I believe in uh, divine health, and I believe in God uh, blessing us with long life and length of days. However, if Jesus delays his coming, all of us are going to leave this planet. 
we're going to leave this planet if Jesus delays his coming. If, if you're, you know, for most of us who, who you may be listening the next hundred years, I would imagine if you listen to me now, it's a good chance that if Jesus doesn't come before, uh, what would that be? 22, uh, 22 was a hundred years from now. Most of us won't be on this planet, but you know what? If we've invested ourselves in Christ and allow him to take us and use us and make ourselves available to him, he promised us, not because of what we earn, but he promised to bless us. He said, give and it shall be given. Heaped up, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. The most precious commodity on this planet is your time. But even more, the, the biggest return you're going to get is what you invest in God in this life. Whether it's praying your tithes, whether it's giving your offering, whether it's time you spend with the Lord in prayer or in, in meditation, it's what we do for Christ. Only that will last. Our possessions in the in the body of Christ is what we take on to live this next life. I know I said that in the last um, uh, podcast, and I say it again now because I think it's something that we've got to realize. Because th just think about what's happening in the earth today. One of the things that Paul wrote to uh, the Thessalonian church, he began to tell them. He said, "This is Thessalonians, First uh, Thessalonians five and one." He says, "But the time and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you." And what he was saying was, you know, and this is Paul uh, writing 2,000 years ago. He was talking about the coming of Christ and how tedious and how um, how um, uh, troublesome those times were in their day. They lived under the Romans. And to be a Christian in, in Paul's time, you could be jailed. Many were uh, uh, in, in the next uh, 100 years after, uh, next, next, I won't say 100 years, but next so many years after Paul's death, uh, of course, Paul was beheaded. For his belief in Christ, many of the, uh, all of the disciples, I believe, um, were died in some way except John. I think John was the only one that we live what we live to be an old man. But everybody else, they were crucified, they were hung. Some were born. Uh, they tried to burn John, ball John in oil. They were uh, crucified upside down. They were uh, uh, beaten to death. All manner of things happened to them, but they did it so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could be preached. And that men and women would hear the word, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of those things that the Lord would have us to do is to possess what he has already given us. To take possession of it. Because when Jesus came, as I quote it again, I'll say it and just giving you a little preview of what we're talking about. Um, or review. I was just say that. Review of what we talked about last time. It's about what Jesus died for us to have. And when I talk about taking possession, I'm talking about taking possession of all your spiritual, natural, mental, financial, health, what everything that God has provided for us, we are to take it and occupy. Meaning when whenever someone goes and takes possession, you know, when you buy a car, you can nowadays you can buy a car over uh, over the Internet and you can uh, do all your finances over the Internet, sign it. Uh, on the uh, sign the papers on the internet, and then the, the car is delivered. But until that car is delivered, that's what's called taking possessions. You receive it, right? Well, if you bought, bought a house, and you know you go and you you will do all the things. You know you sign the paperwork, and they you know you you get permission, 
And when those keys are handed by the realtor or by the uh, builder or by the owner, and you get those keys in your hand, now you are taking possession. And the word of God is our key to this life, to, to this life and what's going on in this life. We, When we take possession of what the Lord has said, God puts those, he's already done it now. God's already healed us. He's already uh, uh, filled us with the Holy Spirit. He's already done these things. Our our uh, our spiritual man is already perfect. I said the spiritual man. I didn't say your soulish man. And no, the flesh will not be perfect until it's changed in that in the day of the Lord. But as far as our soulish man, the Bible says we are washed, we are clean by the word of God. And we must uh, take hold and possess the word of God for this our soulish man as he as we're cleansed day by day, as we gather knowledge. But our spiritual man, that's what the, the, the word of God says, uh, as he is, so are we in this life. Your spiritual man, that spirit of you, does not have to change. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 5, 17, it says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That new creature, which the Lord has made us, has um, um, has given, has has uh, 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 created within us that new spirit. That spirit is perfect. The spirit that the Lord placed within us after salvation, that spirit, our spirit is perfect. It's perfect. And it won't have to be re, uh, re, re, uh, washed again. It's perfect because what God put inside of us, that perfect spirit, is ready for heaven now there are a lot of teachings of uh uh you know that come out and are coming out about the, the present state of what, who we are but uh i'm going to read second corinthians 5 17 they said therefore if any man that's man or woman be in christ he is a new creature and then remember when we were born if you are in christ you were created a new creature well all of us or most of us, we can remember the day we were, we were saved or that week or month or whatever the case may be. And if you went home and looked at yourself in the mirror, you might have had a glow and there might have been, you know, it might have been something, you know, the spirit of God would have been upon you. But if you waited a week and you look back at that mirror, unless you lost some weight or cut your hair or whatever, you looked the same when, before you went to church as when you did do it at that time, whether it was an hour or whether it was a week or a month. You are the same person on the outside. But the inside man is a new creature. He, that spirit that's in you, was created anew. And the rest of that verse says, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. The old you, the old spirit. He says, behold, all things have become new. That new nature, that new spirit that God put inside of you. Now, that's, that's who God uh, uh, wants to communicate with. Every night, uh, some people hear God. And can testify, you know, when I heard an audible voice, and they have that testimony. But I want to tell you, the majority of the time, it's been in my experience, it's the inner knowing that the Lord speaks. It's when I I know that I know in down in my knower that this is the Lord. Because it 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 matches, it it's it's in sync with the word of God. Because any voice that we hear, it should, it should, if it's from God, it should uh be in line with what the word of God says. So when I'm talking today about possessing your possessions is everything that God has promised us. And as we started the last talk, 
And if we proceed on now, Israel had to uh, 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 evict all the ites out of the land, the, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, and all the rest of the ites, Hittites. Uh, they had to be evicted physically out of the land of promise. Uh, what Jesus did, as we read last time, I'm going to read a little bit today. Um, Jesus had to, uh, Jesus did this for us. He went down into hell uh, and, and preached the gospel. When he got ready to leave, he crushed the devil under his foot. He took those saints and those souls that were in hell and took them back to uh, to paradise. And that's what the Bible said. He took and took captivity captive. He took them out of hell up into uh, uh, some place in paradise above us. But I want to tell you, when he, Jesus, uh, spoke to the disciples, he said, I give you power. Now it's up to us to possess what Jesus has already done. Take it. Take it within yourself that I'm by faith, Lord. I receive what you've already done for me. I receive my healing. I receive what you've done for me. But see, what we have to be careful of is that we are not deceived by what the evil one would have us to do. And we, we read last week and, and talked a little bit about, about what Satan, uh, how he tried to deceive Jesus over in the book of Luke chapter four. He had three temptations that he gave the Lord. First, uh, in St. Luke 4, 5, it said the devil took him to a high mountain and said, Lord, he said, uh, all the power, he didn't call him Lord, he said, uh, all power will I give to you and the glory of it. He said, what? If you would worship me. So in other words, he was trying to tell Jesus, you know what? Uh, I got something you want. You see, Satan will always question. He will always question what God said. Just a few days earlier, <laughs> he knew he, he had God had told him, This is my this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. But here over in uh, St. Luke 4th chapter, he's telling him, I'm gonna give you every, I'm gonna give all this power to you. <laughs> he's a deceiver. And this is what Paul was, and this is what Jesus is telling us. This is what Paul has, has, has told the church over in um the book of Colossians. Be careful because a deceiver is coming, he's coming to because uh, he can't take what God got has given us. He must deceive us into believing that we don't have what we have. He wants us to dispossess what God has given us. And that's what I'm telling uh, and just uh, uh, teaching on here today is we got to possess our possession. It's already ours. We don't have to go get anything. Anointing is already yours. The seed that God has placed within us. Paul said that, uh, he said, I was separated from my mother's womb. Well, if you read uh, what Paul, the life of Paul, he lived a mighty rough life. But Paul said, there was a destiny for me. Although I went left and right and, and, and went uh, contrary to the word of God, I was called. That's what Paul was saying. I'm called. So here what uh, 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 we see over here in Luke, we see that, again, the three temptations that he gave. First here in uh, the sixth verse, I'm sorry, I skipped one. No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it says that, um, yes, I did skip one. Uh, he took him up the first one, the third verse. We told him to turn these stones into bread. And Jesus told him, What? Man shall not live by, uh, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then he went down to the sixth verse and told him that, uh, I'll give you all the powers of the world if you just fall down and worship me. And what did Jesus say, tell him? He said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And in the last one, he said, 
if you be the son of God, cast yourself down. Well, that's what I was saying about the previous over in, uh, I believe, in the, in the third verse or earlier, where when Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. God spoke to him and said, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Another verse of scripture where uh, when um, Paul, and I'm sorry, when um, when uh, Moses and Elijah and Jesus was transfigured before the three, before John, James, John and Peter. And they wanted to make tabernacles for, for Jesus. And the Lord said, what did, what did God say? This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. He said, this is the one, not Elijah, not Moses. This is my son. Hear the son. So what I'm wanting you to see here is Satan always wants to bring deception because he is a deceiver. The scripture calls him the serpent. A serpent is, is, is sly and cunning. You know, you could if you take your eyes off a stake, it's almost like they disappear. You know, you can have a, uh, I mean, many a time I, <laughs> I've gotten a warning that the snake is out in the yard. I said, keep your eye on it. If they come in the house and we go back out, most of the time you can't find it because it's cunning. It's, 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 it's deceptive in this movement. It doesn't go straight. It sort of uh, uh, goes in, uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a sly, sneaky way. But long story short, what I'm trying to get you to understand today is, is that when we take possession of the word, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. If you find the truth of the matter, take whatever you are hearing. You may hear a report from the enemy, from the, uh, from the doctor, I'm not calling the doctor the devil, but Satan will speak. You know, the doctor can tell you true what he sees and say, well, I see this mass. I see this. I see that. And this is what I see. Okay. And he can tell you, we've got to do further tests immediately as you get ready to go home and get in your car satan will tell you uh, you get ready to die you better go get you get you some paperwork together you'll be you'll be dead in a week you'll be dead in six months now why would they gonna sing at your funeral you gonna have a long funeral or a short one and see all those things the enemy now see indeed the doctor saw on the x-ray what he can he reports what he sees but see satan will take anything anything He'll take something that someone might have said in just in jest or in playing and say something to you. And, you know, the enemy will tell you, oh, they don't like you, they don't love you, don't uh, they hate you, uh, won't you uh, end this marriage? And he never loved you, you never loved him. All these things. It could just be something out of jest. Because he is a deceiver. He is a deceiver. But when we know the truth, the very truth will make you free. It'll free you in your soul. It'll free you in your mind. God is for uh, a marriage. He is for you prospering in your marriage, prospering your relationship between mother and daughter and father and son. He's for families. That's who he's for. God is not for a division of families. He's not for what the culture is, is, is wants to promote today. We read uh, in last meeting, uh, last uh, podcast, how that the Lord said male and female. Created he him. Created he them rather. He made Adam and Eve, male and female, for they so they could be fruitful and multiply. But see, you got to take possession. So, Lord, you provide you design marriage for families to grow. Father, I want my marriage to and we want, not just I, we want our marriages, Lord, strong and healthy. And so that we are an example of what God will have us to be in the earth. 
That's what the father is designed for us. And see, when we take possession of what God has promised us, then we, we will, we will live, we will prosper, and we will see the goodness of God in every avenue of our life. Let's go with to 1 Peter 5. I'm going to tell you some ways to take possession of, of your possession. This is uh, 1 Peter 5 and 5. He said, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Now, if you want to grow and be usable and be uh, 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 and, and, and have the blessings of God in your life, and they are there, but many times we can shut down things. We can hinder the blessings flowing in our life. We can hinder the word flowing in our life when we are proud, when we take, uh, we take possession of things that don't even belong to us. Your healing belongs to God. I read to you again that, um, uh, that that the book of John says that as he is, so are we in this life. I just think about it. Jesus is in heaven right now. He didn't have a headache. He didn't have cancer. He didn't have all these things. Now, if you have any of these things, it doesn't mean that God is against you, but it means that Satan desires to afflict your body. But we have the power and we have the possession of healing in our body. And see, many times people are offended when you say the whole truth. God's whole truth for all of us is divine health. I'm not talking about being healed, but never being sick. That's God's perfect will for us. But we know we live in a fallen world where Satan will project, he'll, he'll attack your marriage and try to, uh, and, 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 and he not only will try, but uh, many times, many of us have, have yielded to that. But God doesn't hate you if you got ahead of divorce. He doesn't hate you if you had cancer. He doesn't hate you if you lost a job or lost a house or lost a car. That's none of those things. But what we have to do is to realize God has good things prepared for me. How can I possess what God promised me? Why not live? You know, God, if God, someone came and they gave you a mansion, say, here, here's the keys to the mansion. And you walk in the first day, you know, the house is so tired and you just walk into the first you walk into the atrium of them. Now, you know, it's a massive house that got an atrium. I didn't say, uh, you know, I didn't say the, the, the entryway. I said the atrium. It's so big, your whole family could fit. You know, everybody got a couch. They got their own chair, lit back, you know, reclining chairs, you know, couches in the beds, you know, everything, whatever, whatever you could imagine is there for you. And you're right off the kitchen. Now, if you just stayed in the atrium and in the, in the, in the, and in the uh, uh, den of that house in the kitchen, think about it's a, it's a, it's a 20 room mansion pool and jacuzzi and whatever you could imagine and you want in the house is there for you and you living downstairs in the in the uh in the uh, uh just the front door and the kitchen and in the uh living room and the whole other 18 rooms are available now you mentioned five garages with brand new cars in them and you in you just took your bags and you stop right there you then that means you haven't taken possession of everything that belongs to you. And Paul is, and brother uh, Peter is saying here, humble yourselves, therefore, before under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. He said, cast all your cares upon him, all of them. Don't let one thing hinder you from receiving what God has for you. Don't let anything stop you and, 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 and move you into a place of unbelief. And doubt so that because that's, again, what the enemy desires is for us to doubt 
us to think that God, why am I aren't I seeing it? Why aren't I seeing victory? Why aren't I seeing deliverances? Why aren't I seeing prosperity? The issue is never God. The issue is never that God didn't do. No, it's because we didn't receive. And here is what Peter's saying in the, the fifth chapter. He's saying, humble yourself that he may exalt you. Then he says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Then he begins to say, be sober. Remember a few minutes ago, we we're talking about uh, the enemy. He said, be sober and be vigilant. In other words, he said, have a sound mind. Don't let accusations from the enemy distract you. Which is another, another, uh, which is another um, uh, tactic Satan uses is to distract us. Scan, uh, uh, you know, strife is a big distraction. Just think about all the strife we've seen over the last two years and if and further in this country where racial tension and, and class tensions, you know, were rich and poor and black and white and 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 even uh, every you name it race, you know, from our Asian brethren to, you know, whomever is in this country, our uh, Muslim uh, brethren in this country and brothers and sisters, I, I might say, well, people are being attacked just because of how they look. Doesn't matter. They don't care whether you're Christian or or whatever. They just look, you don't look like me. It's your fault that I'm where I am. But he goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant. Don't allow the, the enemy. He said, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. But that's the important part of that eighth verse says, as a roaring lion. It didn't say he was a roaring lion. Then he says, seeking whom he may devour. You have to submit to him and submit to his tactics. Get in strife, get in unbelief, get in uh, uh, guilt and shame. Then he can attack your mind and tell you who you're not. Then he can attack you and tell you God failed you. Then he can attack you and say nobody loves you. Then he can attack you. But when you possess your possession, which is possess the word of God, what, did, what has God said about me? What has God said about me? See, that's what got Israel. And that's what stopped uh, the first generation from going into the land of promise because they forgot. God didn't say, you know, because they made the cow. He said, they limited me. Don't limit God. Let God do in your life what he promised to do. He's told him to shoot a blessing. I'm going to bless you. That's what he told their father Abraham. And the Bible said that Abraham was the richest man. They had to tell him, Abraham, you got to move because you got too much. You're consuming the whole land. Then he and his uh he and his nephew were together. They and they had so much that Abraham said, What? Man, don't, don't let that be strife. Because Abraham knew if there's strife between us, then we limit God. If there's strife in the home, we limit God. If the husband and wife are in strife, if the children, the elder children, they get to an age where they don't want to obey, you know, they're old enough, they come home from college and they look, this is how we do it. This I come in whenever I get come in. No, this is not your house. But you really, you run your house like you want to, but then the husband and the wife are in strife because of, of, of that spirit of rebellion that's come into the house. But we got to walk in humility and we have to walk in peace. And the only way to walk in peace, we have to submit ourselves one to another. And of course, being submitted unto God. 
And he goes on to say, in that verse, he said, the next verse, he says, whom resisted steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren there in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. God desires to take you to a new height, a new place in this year. It's up to us. Possess your possessions. And I said this in our last lesson. I'll say it again. I got nowhere to where I wanted to get, but I just want to, um, I just want to pray as we end today. Don't allow strife in this year to hinder you. Don't allow the enemy to, to uh, beguile you into thinking that God's not for you. The word of God says, if God be for you, who can be against you? One can put a thousand to fight, two, ten thousand. You and God are the majority. Walk in faith. Walk in humility. If you want to be exalted, walk in humility, in submission to God and to others who have a, who have a right thinking mind. And God will show you great and mighty things. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for Jesus. We pray the hearts are changed. Bodies are healed. And, 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 and finances, Lord God, increase this year. We thank you, God, that you hear our prayer. And your anointing of love and humility be upon all that you hear us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Join us again for Journeys in Grace. Amen.